At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. For the next three hours, we'll be joined by Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. And, Wes, we have another great show that we're going to get to today. Of course, Mike Ferranio will join Wes over at Mandalay Bay. He is the sportsbook manager. And Roddy Jones is going to join us in the next hour, ESPN college football analyst. Of course, played some college football himself. We'll break down everything with Alabama and Georgia. The final here in when I college football game of the year, to, uh, Monday night, rather, for the national championship. And Doug, uh, Doug Kayad is going to join us in the third hour of today's program, of course, from Pro Football Focus uh, analyst, and he does a great job there as a writer as well as we break down everything in the NFL tomorrow. But it does have an NFL feel to today's betting across America because, of course, we have two games on tap for you today. Kansas City is going to take on Denver in the early game here. And you've seen this number here. Around 11 most of the week, dip down to 10.5. Some late buyback here on Kansas City that we're seeing here. So it's back up to 11 here at BetMGM. And the over-under is placed at 44.5 here as we get ready uh, before kickoff for this one. So, again, you look at this, and normally with a lowish total of 44.5, you want to be on the side of taking the points in this one. But I do wonder, and you look at the team total for, for Denver today, it seems relatively low at 16.5. But you just wonder how much offense the Broncos are really going to be able to muster up with Drew Locke back in there as quarterback today uh, in their regular season finale. Obviously, there have been no, no playoffs for Vic Fangio and his group this year. So, to me, this feels like a Kansas City or bust type of game here because being played on the Saturday, they still have an outside shot to get the number one seed in the AFC. What would have to happen for that to happen? Well, Tennessee would have to lose tomorrow to Houston. And you go, well, that's not going to happen. It's already happened once. This year, and that happened in Tennessee, and now they go down to Houston tomorrow and lay a big number on the road. It feels like Tennessee should be able to win that game, but you can imagine that Kansas City right now would put their best foot forward in this one today, i.e. play Patrick Mahomes, play their starters, play Chris Jones on defense. And I would think you'd see maximum effort today from Kansas City to try to put this one to bed and maybe ever so slightly put a little bit of pressure on the Tennessee Titans tomorrow because there is a huge difference between having a one or a two seed, as we know, in the National Football League this season because with the expanded playoffs, for the first time ever, only one team in each conference gets a bye, and that's the number one seed. So I cannot imagine that Andy Reid and company will not play this game full out 
with the hopes that if they win easily today, maybe rest some guys in the second half if this thing's put out of, out of reach. But clearly to put the pressure on the Tennessee Titans tomorrow, laying that 10, 10 and a half down there in H-Town tomorrow and see if Mike Vrabel's bunch can lay an egg again. And if that happened, as they're laying 10 and a half right now in this game, if that were to happen, then Kansas City would get the number one seed throughout the postseason in the AFC. And that is a rather large deal. So today, to me, it feels like a Kansas City or a bust type game here as they're going to lay the 11 points here in Denver uh, as a big road favorite. The second game of the afternoon, the Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles in the city of Brotherly Shove. And this line has fluctuated throughout the week. And surprisingly to me, it's actually come way down. It was up as high as seven when this line first came out here, the look ahead last week. And now down to three and a half here at BetMGM. And I got to think the reason why the Eagles are taking the money for a lot of different reasons in this one. But you learned today and you learned earlier in the week that Micah Parsons who is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year and on the short list for Defensive Player of the Year. He's in the COVID-19 protocols. So there will be no Micah Parsons today for the Dallas Cowboys. You go, well, well, okay. Yes, he might be their best defensive player, but you, you got, well, you're going to have Diggs and you're going to have Curse and you're going to have your... No, no, no. Those guys, Trayvon Diggs will not go as well. Curse won't go as well from that secondary. Basically, the, almost the entire starting secondary of the Cowboys will be rested for different reasons here. So... It does have the look on paper of a 2020 Dallas Cowboys defense. And for those who have short memories, it wasn't good. They were historically bad on defense when Diggs was out with an injury before they had drafted Micah Parsons last year. And I know Mike Nolan was there, and I know Dan Quinn is there this year. So that should help plug a few of those holes. But I don't know. When you was that kind of starter, starting power on defense for the Cowboys today, how much defense are they going to play? And Jalen Hurts. How much is he going to play for the fly for the fly Eagles fly? Well, probably not a lot because there's not a whole lot for the Eagles to gain here. And when you think Jalen Hurts, you think about the Philadelphia offense, that's running the football. With Jalen Hurts probably going to play a limited schedule is, is, is my guess today. First quarter, first half, possibly, and then you're going to see Gardner Minshew. What does Gardner Minshew like to do? Throw the football. So against a bad Cowboy defense by nature because they're not starting their starters today for many different reasons, like I mentioned. I got to think this is bombs away over the top for Gardner Minshew when he's in this football game, and I don't think this is just a run-the-clock-out type game to get out of Dodge. I think it's going to be a backup game here, and I think the Eagles will have a lot of opportunities through the airwaves if they want to utilize those against the Cowboy defense today. So to me, with Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott all playing at least in the first half to me, I kind of like the over, maybe a first half over here, and then see if the Cowboys offensive players go by the way of the defense and rest the rest of the way. This is why you have to look at these games. This is why live betting is so important, and why Wes and I will talk about that throughout the afternoon here with Kansas City and Denver in particular uh, in the window here, because obviously this game won't be on when we are on. But that's why it is so very important, because you have to figure out strategies and analysis of who's going to be playing and when they're going to be playing. This is a glorified preseason game that you're going to see today between the Cowboys and the Eagles. So for that reason, I would lean to the game total and or the first half total going over, but that would be about as much as I trust this. I would not lay the points, certainly, in the Cowboys today in the three and a half. You probably missed the boat here on the Eagles if you want to back them because you're just not getting as good a value as you would have gotten earlier in the week. And one thing I have learned through my year here with Wes Reynolds is you never want to get in the habit of taking the worst number. And if you're taking the Eagles today plus three and a half, 
it's probably still a worse, it clearly is a worse number than you could have had at seven. That value's been literally cut in half. So again, while it probably not play the, the side here, I think the total might be the only thing that would be in play here if I were to get in on this. And again, we always tell people, this is one that I, I have played the over in this one. I've not played a side. I've only played the over, and I got it at 43 and a half, and there's been an uptick to that to 44 and a half. And I think I, I tried to explain the reasons why you might see this number going up, up, in a way. So again, I would expect the Cowboys starters to probably play the first half. I'd be stunned if we see them play in the second half. Yes, the Cowboys could still move up to a potential as high as a two seed. It would take a lot of things to have to happen. Seattle would have to beat Arizona. The 49ers would have to beat the Rams. Those things are plausible. There are scenarios there where I could see, and I, I do like both of those underdogs tomorrow with the points. But again, it's, it's a long way to try to get out of that four seed and get to the two seed and at what risk? We're already seeing, again, that the defensive players primarily are going to be no, rested. I, I don't hear anything. I would think that the offensive players would be rested shortly thereafter. So, again, only scenario that I would possibly back here is an overplay. And I like that overplay a lot more when Gardner Menchu's in the game than Jalen Hurts. And make no mistake, Gardner Menchu is going to play a lot today in Philadelphia. So those are two NFL games, obviously, that we'll be talking about. Yes, we're going to talk about the national championship game as well on Monday night. Again, I can't believe we're down to one. We've got one more college football game, at least in Division One, here to talk about. That is, of course, Alabama and Georgia. I listen to all of our experts, and I try to take all of that advice, and I do take it and think about my own handicapping of this one. You're seeing the number come down now from three to two and a half. That is a big move. I know it sounds like just a half point, but when you get inside that field goal, this is telling you where the money is going. And right now, the money is coming in on the Crimson Tide. And I know a lot of the Sharps are in Georgia in, in this scenario. And it is tough to beat a great team twice. And to do that in a relatively short span of time, that's going to be very tough to do. But again, I got it earlier when it was still three. I'll be very interested to see where this line goes. I think those threes might be gone. I don't know that you're going to get another three out there with Alabama. Because again, I got three points in pocket with Nick Saban against Kirby Smart. No disrespect to Kirby Smart. We're talking about Nick Saban. Arguably the greatest to ever do it in college football, period. He's got the Heisman Trophy winner on his side against Stetson Bennett. Good quarterback. Really good year for Georgia. But I get the Heisman Trophy winner plus points plus Nick Saban. You can understand why the money has been coming in on Alabama. And I think that that's a pretty simple breakdown as to why you're seeing this, this line move. So while I understand that Georgia's defense is clearly better than Alabama's, I think that has been proven out throughout this season. And again, after what Georgia did to Michigan, you can totally understand why if you're a Georgia back, you go, did, did you see what the Kobe Dean did? Did you see what that defense did against Michigan and punched them in the mouth and Michigan really didn't punch back? I can understand it. But to me, I get Nick Saban, I get the Heisman Trophy winner, and I get points on a neutral field in Indianapolis, going to be hard-pressed to get me away from the Crimson Tide. But again, we're going to talk to our experts, and again, uh, we're going to have much more on that. Roddy Jones will join us, as I mentioned, in the second hour to help break down this national championship game. So again, just food for thought here, but you are talking about the GOAT of college football coaches catching points. Remember that old underdog thing against Cincinnati? Whatever motivation they're using, they're going to say, oh, we're an underdog today again on Monday night? Against Georgia, after what we just did to them two weeks ago? All right, cool. Keep 
doubting us, keep betting against us. I don't know that many people are. The point is Alabama will use that for their own motivation. Nick Saban is a master motivator of that to tell his guys they don't believe in you. It's Georgia all the way. They're waiting for you to fall down. And I know that I'll have Minchie as a wide receiver in this one on Monday night. It To me, they've got enough weapons on the outside to do exactly what they did the first time to Georgia. And I do expect a lot of points. 52 and a half right now, I believe, is where that total is sitting. And I have played the over. So don't go anywhere. We got Mike Peronio. We got Roddy Jones. We got Doug Kayed. We got Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. Buckle up. Three hours. Just get the kick started right here. Betting Across America on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VSIN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head over to VSIN.com to get the current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the very best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much, much more. Check out the prop tracker betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VSIN.com slash NFL. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds, who will be joining us momentarily from Mandalay Bay. I am here at Circus Sports. We do have one NFL game about to kick off in about an hour from now in Denver. Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Denver Broncos. And again, we've seen this live move. It go from 11 down as low as 10, back up to 11 now as the Chiefs taking in some of that late money. The over-under set at 44 and a half. And this one, I mentioned the team total for the Broncos sitting at 16 and a half as I've seen out there in a lot of uh, prop scenarios here and uh, team totals. And I, I just wonder how much offense they're going to be able to muster up today against the Chiefs defense. Normally in the past, you would never question that. And you think, well, this is going to be a shootout. The only way to beat uh, Kansas City is fight fire with fire. I don't know that Vic Fangio and his crew has enough firepower to do that with Drew Locke at quarterback. To that end, Kansas City is 7-0 ATS on the road versus Denver. They have been absolutely fantastic in this spot, they've won the last seven at Denver, six and one uh, straight, seven and ATS, six and one straight up in that scenario. So this has been traditionally, at least in the last three three and a half years here for Andy Reid and company, a really good spot to play Kansas City. Denver, by the way, conversely, is zero and seven eight uh, ATS at home uh, 
against Andy Reid. That is never, even going back to his days in Philadelphia, not a good trend for Denver. So a lot of these trends that we're seeing out there right now are lining up for Kansas City here, and you can understand why that money is coming up in here and going towards Kansas City. And the amazing thing is for the Chiefs, remember how bad they were ATS at the beginning of the year? They've leveled out to 500 here. It feels like the market is starting to adjust here as they are 8-8 eight and eight ATS. And to that point, Denver actually has been a little bit worse in that scenario at 7-8-1 and one, uh, throughout the first 16 games of the season. You see the profile here for Kansas City versus Denver. And obviously there's going to be no championship that's off the board because Denver will not be going to the postseason. But Kansas City is the interesting one. And I mentioned in the first segment, they still have a shot. And while not a great shot to get that number one seed, you can understand why Kansas City backers, this might be your best value. And clearly it was before they went on uh, that long winning streak that was ended last week in Cincinnati. But right now, slotted for the two seed here in the AFC, it's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility because Kansas City's defense has gotten a world better once they moved Chris Jones inside and they moved him out of that outside slot, put him inside. He's been wreaking havoc on interior lines since then. And so right now, yes, they are the shortest odds to win the conference championship at plus 190. But remember, they don't have the one seed. What if all of a sudden we get a stumble tomorrow down in H-Town? Those numbers are going to come way down. So right now at plus 190, and I know you've got to root for that, that upset to happen because the Titans at plus 500, they've already won a first-round playoff game if they hold serve tomorrow. Tomorrow is basically a wild-card game for Tennessee, if you look at it in, it, in that context. Because if they win tomorrow... They don't have to play next week. Everybody else in the AFC will have to play. So I expect, obviously, Mike Vrabel, and we do know, by the way, that Derrick Henry will not be playing in this football game tomorrow. He's not been activated here by the Tennessee Titans. He has practiced this week, but he will not be on the active 53-man roster. So that's going to be Dante Foreman and company one more week at least for Tennessee as they go down there to Houston to try to get that win. Houston had obviously been playing much better football. They did not cover last week against San Francisco, even though they led that game at the half. So I do feel like this is a live dog scenario tomorrow for H-Town. And the tentacles going into this Kansas City game here in about an hour, they, they run deep. So you can understand why some people, big picture, might like Kansas City and like them a lot better tomorrow if Tennessee happens to stumble against Houston. Let's go back out to Mandalay Bay, where I believe we've got Wes Reynolds Standing by. So for the first time today, we welcome in Wes. Wes, how are you, my friend? And again, just talking about the AFC at large, and obviously Kansas City today laying that 11 against Denver. And I know they have the shortest odds on the board right now to win the AFC, but they're going to get a lot shorter if they win today and Houston pulls the upset tomorrow. No, absolutely. And and you mentioned the fact that Kansas City now about 11-point favorites. And the reason why, I think, is because of the COVID concerns with the Denver Broncos secondary. They're getting reinforcements from the receiver position, which they didn't have last week. But the defensive backs, I believe they have four corners out today. So that's why you're seeing the movement to the Chiefs. And then kind of flipping it forward to the Tennessee-Houston game tomorrow. Haven't seen really a lot of movement, 10, 10 and half it's pretty much been there all week and I went ahead and took the Texans at 10 and a half because look 
Tennessee going on the road, not exactly a sure thing. If nope. you remember last year, in terms of just to get into the playoffs, they were laying about seven, seven and a half, and only won by a field goal at the end. Now, Deshaun Watson had a really great game for Houston, but I still think that this price is pretty high against the Houston Texans team that, by the way, has been playing hard down the stretch. They have not mailed it in, and we know that must win does not always equal must cover. Mm -hmm. So I think Houston very live to at least keep this close tomorrow. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you, and I feel like that feels like the right side to be on here with Houston, again, getting that 10.5 points. Uh, and again, this is going to have tentacles for the coach of the year, which we'll get into across betting across America here in the next three hours. Because Mike Vrabel, to me, is the third favorite, not the not the overwhelming favorite. He's the third favorite on the board right now to win coach of the year. To me, this is still playable. Like, if you are a believer in Tennessee and they do win, to Wes's point, they don't have to cover. They just have to win. I think if they win tomorrow, all of a sudden, I think Vrabel goes to being the favorite to win coach of the year. Because, again, you're going to look at Green Bay and you're going to go, well, well, who do they have? Aaron Rodgers. So even though Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor right now on the short list uh, to win that award, you're going to go, well, they've got Joe Burrow up for MVP for Cincinnati. That's what Zach Taylor has. And just prolific offense, wide receivers. And uh, Jamar Chase right now, the favorite to win rookie of the year offense. So, like, he's got weapons. Matt LaFleur has Aaron Rodgers. What does Mike Rabel have? He's been without the king Derrick Henry for the better part of the season, right? He's got a wide receiver playing quarterback. They took him off the scrap heap from Miami, career over, and then they resurrect that. He's the architect of that defense, right? So, like, what does he do? We ask that of coaches. Like, well, what does he do? What's he do? He runs the defense in Tennessee. So, at plus 350 right now, if they can squeak, squeak by and, and, and beat Houston tomorrow, number one seed in the AFC. Not Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Not Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, right? So to me, all of a sudden, he would leap to be the favorite in the AFC. And Wes, if they can get that win tomorrow, don't you think today playing Vrabel at plus 350, that makes a lot of sense to me. Probably in terms of the value on the board, it's still the best. Although you could have got Mike Vrabel anywhere 15 to 20 to 1 a couple weeks ago, but you're not going to get that necessarily here in week 18, final week of the season. But yeah, I think absolutely he would be the guy that I would want to look at. And look, I was considering Matt LaFleur, even though he was at short, short odds over the last few weeks, thinking that maybe that was the way voters were going to reward Green Bay mm -hmm. in terms of if they didn't want to vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP. And we've already, you know, heard some chatter that there was at least one person that did not. However, Aaron Rodgers, I think that might end up working in his favor and give him yes. sympathy. So that's why I think to your point, Mike Vrabel at plus 350, probably of those top three, has the best value here. And look, what you were saying about Kansas City, Denver is absolutely true. Let's say Kansas City doesn't get it done today. Then all of a sudden you're going to see that line increase, I think, on uh, Tennessee tomorrow. So I don't think that there's necessarily a rush to bet Houston. I basically bet 10.5 just to go ahead and take the hook. Uh, but you may get 11, 11.5 tomorrow because I think bettors are going to bet that and not realizing that they're already paying a tax in the number with these playoff scenarios and with this need to win or need this to clinch, what have you. You're 
you're already paying the tax in the playoff scenarios. Wes, it's something you and I have talked about. We'll talk about a lot more throughout this afternoon here, and it's also a motivation of teams. Obviously, Tennessee is going to be motivated for that carrot that is the number one seed, but David Culley has been coaching for his job down there in his first year in H-Town, and all of a sudden it looks like they're turning the corner and you're starting to see strides down there. They're going to be motivated to play this football game, to your point. So 10.5 right now for H-Town, yeah, that feels like the right side to be on, and I would not uh, put past the realm of possibility that they could pull this upset. Now, if that happened, then I think Mike Vrabel is off the board. I, I can't imagine if they don't get the one seed that he could leapfrog the two guys we just discussed there in Zach Taylor and LaFleur to become the favorite to win. And again, if you vote on this award now or you, you want to play this future, you're not going to see this for a while. It's going to tie up your money here. They don't announce this for quite some time. But remember, it's a regular season award only. The postseason has no bearing. The votes will already be in at that point. And that's why, if you can get Tennessee as a number one seed here and Mike Vrabel at plus over $3 right now, that's the best value still left on the board, in our humble opinion. All right. When we come back here, we will talk a little bit about that national championship on Monday night with Wes Reynolds. Don't go anywhere. It's Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, First Strike, and many, many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. We got Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. He also does a great golf podcast that you should also listen to now that golf is back up and running. I did want to talk a little bit more about the national championship here on Monday night between Alabama and Georgia. And we mentioned off the top of the show a rather significant move. And normally it's just a half point, not that big a deal. It is a big deal when you go from three down to two and a half. And that's where we are right now as this number has come down to Georgia being favored by two and a half. But the total has also crept down to 52. And Wes Reynolds, I want to bring you in and talk about this total very quickly before I get your thoughts on the side. Because when I look at this coming down, and I've got a little notes to verify this here, the head-to-head between Georgia and Alabama, it's 9-1 and one to the over since 2002. So, Wes Reynolds, I kind of like the over in this one. I don't know how much uh, Georgia can do in the couple weeks since the SEC championship to shore up the issues they had defensively. And I know they're a great defense. What do you make of these, this downtick down to 52? Well, and, and, and based on your trend, I can kind of understand why, you know, you would like the over because it's 9-1. and one. However, if you look at what Georgia did in the semifinal game in the Orange Bowl, you they were so dominant. They I were. mean, they were the quickest defense and uh, really that you saw all year, and they proved why they were the absolute number one defense in the country. So I think betters kind of saw that in the semifinal games. Alabama obviously swallowed up Cincinnati, and then Georgia pretty much dominated Michigan up front on both sides of the ball. 
you know, what's interesting, Wes, is normally you and I do this exercise, and I think it's a pretty good one on the Lombardi line, which is, you know, play now or play later, right? Bet it now, bet later. And I bet it earlier in the week at 52 and a half, and I already feel like I got a bad number. I was waiting for the general public to bet this number up. It's not happening. It's going the other way. I, well, here. still some, still some time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, so you expect this number to to eventually go back up? Yeah. I mean, not substantially, but I could see like a half point or a point move as we get to game day. Look, uh, this a game like this that is the final game, the national championship. It's going to be a lot like NFL Sunday, I think, in terms of most of the action and most of the volume in terms of the money is going to come in on game day, whether it's from your pro bettors or just your casual bettors and really more of your casual money I think is going to come on Monday uh, on game day so you know looking at this I think that you're not going to see a lot of movement here I think everything's kind of baked in now you did see the line move from three to two and a half right. and that's where I jumped in on the Georgia money line at minus a dollar thirty because I think betters are going to bet Alabama, simply put, because, look, Nick Saban has owned Kirby Smart. I mean, how many times has Alabama been an underdog? I think they've only been an underdog twice in 167 games, and both of those times were against these George Bulldogs, and Alabama, of course, won both times. In fact, they've won seven straight over Georgia since 2008, including that national championship game four years ago, which introduced us to Tua Tagovailoa as he came on in relief for Jalen Hurts. So, look, if you take out that game in Atlanta, that SEC title game against Alabama, Georgia, I think, looked like the best team in the country all year. And flip it back to the Orange Bowl. Look, Michigan, everybody was riding high on Michigan because they had finally slayed the Dragon. They had beaten Ohio State. They're getting seven in the hook. This is a team that can run the ball, that was pretty physical defensively, that has two guys, maybe one that's going to be the number one pick in the draft, but at the bare minimum have two guys that's probably going to go in the top ten in the NFL draft, both of Michigan's pass rushers, and Georgia absolutely kept them at bay. And you've seen Alabama from time to time, you know, not look as dominant as maybe some Alabama teams have passed. They had four close wins and the close loss, obviously, to AM, but they threw in a couple good performances. They were pretty dominant against Ole Miss, and then they eventually pulled away from Georgia. The key from for Georgia here is they have to be kind of what they've been all season, which is a front runner. When this team gets out to a lead, they don't give the lead up. But when they got to play from behind, like they did in the SEC championship game against Alabama last month, that's when you kind of worry about them. But I think this Georgia team, look, they can run the ball. And Stetson Bennett, despite the fact, Dave, that he's a little bit maligned because, okay, he's not a five-star guy. And right. you got JT Daniels, who's a big five-star recruit, that's sitting out because they're riding with Stetson Bennett here. Stetson Bennett is actually a very good play-action passer. And when they can get that going, and they got that going against Michigan when they're hitting uh, uh, the big Brock over the middle, Brock Bowers, the tight end, that's when they're really getting going here. So I did lay small money line with Georgia. It seems, and I want to talk to Mike Peranio about this next segment, at least from a bet MGM and a Mandalay Bay perspective, to see, you know, if there's kind of a, a, a pro or Joe or a sharp square, however you want to define it, divide on this game. Because it seems like I've heard more pros be on Georgia. Yes. That doesn't mean there aren't pro bettors on Alabama, but – 
Alabama, I would think you would say, is the more public side. That doesn't mean it's not going to win or not going to cover. But, you know, when you're getting Nick Saban as an underdog and betters are like, how the hell can Alabama be an underdog when they just beat this team, you know, fairly comfortably in the SEC championship game? So, of course, they're going to bet that. And I can't necessarily disagree with that logic. No, I told it right there with you. And I do wonder to that point, seeing that come down from a key number of three down to two and a half, that's significant, right? Because we know how important three is. Certainly. So, Wes, now that you hopped in on Georgia, that says to me that you don't think those those threes are coming back. Do you think those threes are off the board here and it's going to stay two and a half or less as we get closer to kickoff on Monday night? I think they could be off the board, but look, you could see maybe it dancing back and forth. And I think, you know, when you see a, a shop on the screen might go to three, they're going to get gobbled up very quickly. Like this isn't going north of three. Right. That's clearly out of the question. This is going to be three or it's going to be two and a half or lower. So I think you can kind of see where this pattern is going, but I do think that there's a divide. I'm interested to see when we talk to Mike Baranio if there's kind of two-way or if they're a little bit more lopsided on Alabama, just kind of looking at the screen and seeing most of the market at two and a half or at what I would call a week three on Georgia where it's like minus three even money. Mm-hmm. So in order to take the full three of Alabama, you'd have to lay about a dollar twenty, dollar twenty-five, depending on your store. So – you know, I'd be interested to see if there's a lopsided money count or a lopsided ticket count to this point. But we know most of the action, especially with an NFL Sunday tomorrow in week 18, that's kind of like the calm before the storm. A lot of this national championship action is coming Monday once the NFL is done. I want to give you some player prop scenarios with you very quickly on the national title game here, Wes. And this kind of goes to game script and how we believe the game will play out. So you look at Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett here, and you look at how disparaging these numbers are uh, depending on which side you want to be on. They're expecting, if you want to take the over on Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, you got to get to 314. Okay, it's come down a little bit from 314 and a half uh, down to 313 and a half here. Stetson Bennett, by the way, only 244. That has come down significantly as well. It was up as high as 249. So we've seen the under tip down a half point to 52. You've seen these numbers just creep down ever so slightly, Wes. What do you make of these player props here and through the air? Do we expect Stetson Bennett to be able to take some shots? Because you got to think Alabama, if they're going to try to take away anything, they're going to try to take away the running game. I know that's easier said than done. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that Stetson Bennett is kind of in this range here. Now, when you look at what he did against Alabama, 29 of 48, 343 touchdowns, two picks, that's because they were behind. Right. And 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 they had to throw because Alabama kind of took control of the game in the second quarter. And against Michigan, though, he threw for 313. So this guy is capable of the numbers here. Now, 244 and a half, uh, I think, Maybe that's being put out there because they would expect Kirby Smart and company to be maybe a little bit more conservative and try to run the ball. They don't want this guy turning the ball over, which he did in the SEC championship mm-hmm. game. But Bryce Young at 313, he was 421 in the uh, SEC championship game. And then against Cincinnati, really didn't do much because Cincinnati, look, arguably the best corner duo in the country, I think kind of held him at bay, even though Bryce Young had three touchdown passes in 181. 
but Alabama chose to run the ball. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, you're going to take away our passing game. you got to run the ball. And also, this might be a game where Alabama misses John Mechie. You didn't really yes. notice it as much in the Cincinnati game, but this might be the game where they miss. So and I haven't played any of these props that have been presented before me here, but would lean the under with Bryce Young on the yards. Yeah, because Jamison Williams, obviously they're going to try to take him away, and, and that's easier said than done as well with Mechie out. So, again, those game scripts are very interesting. We'll see how they flow and certainly which way those player prop scenarios will go. Uh, West, don't go anywhere because when we come back, Mike Perani will join you right there at Mandalay Bay. And we'll get, uh, we'll get Mike's thoughts here on how the money is coming in, not only for the national championship game, but for today's Saturday slate in the NFL and look ahead to the Sunday slate as well. Don't go anywhere. It's Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the College Football National Championship. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any on the game, and if either team scores a touchdown in the game, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy the college championship like never before and earn end-life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in the national championship. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualify and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross, back here at Circus Sportsbook, and I do hope that if you take care of that promotion here, that they do get touchdown scores because I am on the over in that game. When you looked today, and certainly over the landscape of the weekend, we're going to be joined by Mike Peranio, over with Wes Reynolds in a moment here at Mandalay Bay at the most bet games that we're seeing via ticket count so far this this weekend. You can understand why today the Cowboys and the Eagles right now have that distinction with the most bet game. I do believe, obviously, with the Saturday 
It's going to be in prime time. It's the Cowboys. People like to bet uh, on the Cowboys, as we well know. But what does surprise me here is they're still taking a lot of that money here, laying that four and a half, and this number has ticked down, as we've seen. Remember, it was as high as seven, and the Eagles backers got a really good number there. It's just come all the way down here to four and a half. The other two games do surprise me a little bit, and the reason why is it's the, the relative uncertainty of who's going to be playing, actually, in those games. We know Baker Mayfield's not going to be a go for the Browns, so you can understand that, as Case Keenum will get the start there. And right now, people are still packing the Bengals, getting the six points against the Browns. No Joe Burrow, he's not going to be going in this one as well. So that feels like an experiment to me that uh, might be a little bit of a, really, what are you getting for the Bengals plus six? And how motivated will these teams be going forward in that? Now, obviously, if you're Kevin Stefanski, you're probably going to say, all right, let's get out there. It's our last game. We're not going to the postseason. Uh, let's go ahead and run roughshod on the Bengals here and lay in the six. I understand why people are taking the six points. Again, it does feel like that this is a preseason feel to it. So normally in those scenarios, you're probably better off with the points in hand. I just don't know how much Zach Taylor and company are really going to be giving an effort. And that's why you see this line where it is with the Browns laying the six points in that one. And then the other game was the Steelers against the Ravens. And I get it. The Steelers still have motivation. They have a really outside shot of, of still making the postseason. So they're getting three and a half points in this one. Uh, the Ravens laying it, and I can't imagine we're not going to see Omar Jackson. So I don't know, Wes. I look at this game here between the Steelers and the Ravens. I would rather have the points in hand. Do you see it the same way as well that in these kind of glorified preseason games, but the Steelers are going to go full bore, and you're giving me three and a half points? That feels like the only side I could be on in this matchup. Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. And look, uh, by the way, better numbers if you're uh, in uh, the final week of some of a couple of these contests out here. I believe I saw Steelers plus six and one, Steelers plus five and a half and another one. So I fully expect that that's probably going to get used here with the team that still has playoff hopes, albeit slim, because we know Pittsburgh has to win and they have to have Indianapolis go ahead and lose in Jacksonville, which they have done every year since 2014, although the Colts well over two touchdown favorites so that is not likely to happen. But to your point earlier when you were talking about the other game here in the AFC North, Cincinnati-Cleveland, I was surprised to see that so high on the ticket count either because when I'm going through a card, and look, I start week to week and do a little bit every day, but when I was going through a contest card, that was one of the first games I crossed off yes. because I didn't know because all of a sudden, I think, you know, when you're long eliminated from the playoffs, Dave, like when you've kind of known your fate a little bit for about three or four weeks, like maybe a team like the the uh, Seattle Seahawks mm -hmm. or the Houston Texans that we talked about earlier, you know what your fate is and you're just like, okay, let's finish the season strong, fellas. But when you just get eliminated from the playoffs because the Browns officially got eliminated last Sunday with that Chargers victory where they kind of took out three teams in one swoop, mm -hmm. that being the Dolphins, that being the Browns and the Denver Broncos playing later this afternoon, that's kind of tough to get over. You know, and, and that's why I, di I didn't end up playing this. And we know the Bengals sitting everybody. I fully expect that Jamar Chase is at least going to get some reps because I believe he needs 12 yards for the uh, the uh, single-season receiving record or, or with the Bengals. I think that that's what it is. So I would fully expect that they're going to try to get Chase that incentive and whatnot and then remove him from the game. And, of course, uh, I don't think that they're going to play him the full time with Brandon Allen where, you know, he's going to – 
because he's favorite for rookie of the year, but I don't think they want to risk him. They, no. they got bigger fish to fry. So, uh, you know, and they're going to host a playoff game because they are a division winner. We don't know who that opponent will be. Could perhaps be Indianapolis, could perhaps be New England. There's a lot of different permutations and scenarios here, uh, depending on what is going to happen. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised Cincinnati and Cleveland was getting so much action. That could obviously change over the course of the rest of the afternoon into the evening and obviously into tomorrow morning afternoon but but you know Pittsburgh I'm not surprised and that number moved very quickly when it wasn't Lamar Jackson that's going to be going fourth straight game he is missing it it, I mean I would take Pittsburgh at the better number but now you're kind of losing a little bit at three and a half and one of the things that did concern me with Pittsburgh this week is the fact that we all watch Monday night. That was Ben's swan song yes. at Heinz Field. That's his last game at home as a Steeler, and he was going around the stadium and high-fiving everybody <laughs> over the railing. So, you know, this could very well be the last game of his career, and more than likely it is. We know that we have that sample size of Ben and Tomlin, that combination over about the last 15 years has been really good as an underdog. So you're always going to see the Steelers get money when they're underdogs, when they're covering, you know, at well over a 60% rate in that time frame. So, you know, I would still lean to the Steelers at three and a half. I feel like a little bit of the value has been extracted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baltimore is getting a little bit back. They've, they got hit really hard by COVID-19. So Baltimore's starting to get at least a little bit back. but And they're not officially eliminated from the playoffs. But as Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, said, we need to hit a three-team parlay, essentially. <laughs> and, and, and look, I know we see those parlay tickets that get posted on social media where it's like, hey, this is easy. This guy bet this and hit like a 15-team parlay or whatever. And they don't talk about the tickets that if you walk through any sports book in Los oh. Oh, yeah. or across America that are crumpled up in ashtrays or crumpled up on the floor. So, But that's what Baltimore needs. They need to win here, and they need an absolute lot of help. I think, you know, kind of dealing into an inside straight, I don't see that happening. You know, it's interesting, too, because you see the, the most bet games by ticket count. But then look at the most bet team by handle, and that's the Chiefs as they get ready to kick here, uh, land the 10.5 up to 11 at BetMGM today against the Denver Broncos. What do you make of that, Wes? Because it does feel like, to me, the only side I could be on here would be Kansas City, still with uh, with basically visions of grandeur of getting that number one seed. We do also know in Survivor here with Circa that we've got one of the five remainers uh, that's still remaining in here. Pick Kansas City to, to get this done today. Is there any danger here for the Chiefs? Because I don't see a whole lot in Denver today. Yeah, I use Kansas City minus 10 in the contest here, now up to 11, 11 and a half. And I think the reason for that move is not necessarily the fact that they're trying to keep their their home field alive. They've already won the AFC West. So, you know, it's kind of that need to win scenario. But I don't know if that's really the reason why it's moving. I think it goes back to what we were talking about with four corners out for the Denver Broncos. Right. And that's the strength of the team is their defense. They actually did a very good job against Kansas City on Sunday night football several weeks ago. They lost 22 to 9, but they held the Chiefs to under 300 yards. And Denver had over 400 yards. If you remember that, I think it was in the second quarter. Remember when Denver had that, like, 20-plus play yes. drive and ended up with zero points? Uh, so that's where the die was kind of cast. But 
Denver and Dom Capers, who this is likely going to be his last game in the Mile High City as the head coach, they know how to play Kansas City because they play those two high safeties and they play that underneath cover two, and they're going to do the same thing, but now you're doing it essentially with second and third string corners and safeties here. So, you know, against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and a very healthy KC offense, sans Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that looks like it's going to be easy pickings perhaps for that offense. So, yeah, I mean, I wanted to take Denver, and that was my first initial glance earlier this week, Dave, because this is a very good defense. But with the personnel loss in the secondary, yeah. I think the Chiefs are probably going to roll here. Yeah, and I, and I hear you about Vic Fangio, probably his last game in the Mile High City. I will just say this, because I know they, they want to run him out of town, sub-500 season, non-playoff team. They've been doing a lot of it without Teddy Bridgewater. They actually got off to a great start at 3-0 and this year. And, and I know that doesn't factor into the equation here very often, but could you imagine this team next year with Aaron Rodgers? We're not saying Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay, but I'm just saying if he had a capable quarterback, it would be a different scenario for Vic Fangio. And new ownership as well when the Bowling Trust, you got to think in the spring, is finally going to sell this team. Yep, absolutely. I think you're right on there, Wes. All right, uh, next hour, obviously, we've got much more to get to. Roddy Jones is going to join us as well to break down that national title between Georgia and Alabama. Come on back. Betting Cross America here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.